Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Chris Prather. Chris bowled collegiately at Wichita State University. Chris, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. No worries. All right, Chris. Well, let's begin. You bowled at Wichita State. You're a shocker like Steve was. So let's talk about what you learned out there that you're now using out on the PBA. Well, honestly, whenever I went to Wichita, I didn't know much of anything. I didn't know different covers. I didn't know about different weight blocks. I didn't know about adding surface or, you know, you know, not adding surface, um, lane play. I had no idea about anything. Uh, you know, if, if we were basing, uh, my high school career on knowledge, I probably never would have won anything and I probably would have quit. Uh, so they literally took a blank slate and created the, you know, the Chris Prather of, of today. Mm. That had to have been a heck of an experience and probably really sort of opened your, your mind and in your eyes as to all these different things that, that existed in the, uh, in the competitive bowling world, I imagine. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gaining knowledge every day, especially from the storm reps and uh, Chris Schlimmer at Roto Grip. I'm constantly asking questions because I didn't know to ask these questions whenever I was in college. Um, mm. and I quickly learned, you know, if I wanted to get better, I was going to have to one, ask questions and two, learn from my mistakes. Yeah. Chris, let's expand on that a little bit, because that's one of the, those questions that we, we hear from a, a time to time, people that their mind doesn't always wrap around once you get into drilling layouts and specific, you know, where you want things set up, et cetera, et cetera. So how hard was that for you? Because that's something that a lot of bowlers struggle with, whether they're in high school or, frankly, even a little bit older. Their, their mind just doesn't wrap around some of that stuff. When, when someone says, you know, 4 by 3 by 64 they think, what the heck is this guy talking about? So how were you able to, to understand some of that lingo? And, um, and how has it helped you since you have started understanding it more and you ask those questions? Well, for me, I am a very trusting person. And I acknowledge when someone is smarter than I am. So once I got to college, I was able to go. To, and it, it wasn't even really Coach L, uh, Mark Lewis, or Gordon Vatican. It was the players around that I learned the most from because I'm with them the most. I was with them the most. So once I understood, okay, there's so much more to this game, I said, okay, well, this is what I know now, and slowly started gaining more and more knowledge. And as far as, like, layouts and things like that, I have simplified all of that uh, since learning about what certain layouts do and, and how they're all different and everything. So I have two layouts that I use on virtually every bowling ball. I have a pinup layout that is... Uh, if we're going to do dual angle, I believe it is 55 by 5 by 35, uh, which puts it just above my bridge. Uh, no hole normally. And then I have a, a pin, down, pin down layout that I use, which is 
35 by 5 by 75, which puts it right under my middle finger. And basically, those are my favorite layouts. And I, you know, if let's say I drill a idle pearl and the pin down layout doesn't look that great on, I'll throw the pin up layout on it and then hit the pin down one with surface or, you know, alter the surface a little bit to get a different look on it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of experimentation for me. So the big thing for me is being able to trust people that have more knowledge than I do. So that way I can learn from what they're trying to teach me and then use it in, uh, in the future. So what was it about Wichita state that, uh, that drew you there? And was it a, was it a tough decision? Were you going through some different options in your mind or did you just know like Wichita, that's where I want to be? Well, honestly, going into my senior year of high school, I never knew about Wichita state. I didn't know about college bowling because when, where I grew up in the panhandle, I didn't have high school bowling. Um, mm. and so I, the only, I never bowled junior gold until my senior year. So I never uh, competed on a large scale. The only tournament that I bowled consistently was team masters. And a friend of my dad's was doing a pen setter seminar. And he just so happened to be a uh, good friend of Gordon Vatican's. He had seen me practicing and he was like, Hey, how would you like to go to Wichita state? And I said, well, that sounds like a great opportunity, you know? And for me, growing up, I wanted to get out of Pensacola, and I was like, how far away is it? And he said, it's about 15 and a half hours. I said, perfect. So uh, he gave Gordon a call, and uh, I went up for a camp and saw the campus, and from then on, I was hooked. I was like, I'm going to be here. You know, This is where I'm going to be. So it was all in the span of about three months that I figured out where I was going to be going, and uh, you know, between applying, getting it sec- uh, accepted, and uh, going to school there. All right, so we all have um, thoughts of how we would do things or how we did things. Is there anything now that maybe any advice you would have for someone else who is in your shoes now, a, a young Chris Prather, as far as what you would advise them to do regarding, you know, maybe starting this process earlier, or what advice would you have for them? Yeah, for me, if I could do it all over again, mm-hmm. the first thing that I would do would be ask questions to those people that maybe intimidate you. Uh, I had many opportunities growing up to communicate with, you know, Tommy Jones, Chris Barnes at team masters or at the June, uh, the one junior gold event that I went to. And I never did because I didn't want to sound stupid. Now, although it might be embarrassing, if you feel like you ask a stupid question, there are no such things as stupid questions everyone has their own learning curve and where they're at in the bowling world. And if you want to move up and become better, the only thing that you can do is talk to those people that have the knowledge because otherwise they're not going to just share it with you free. You know, you have to ask them and want to get better and show enthusiasm when you're trying to get better. Because if I would have, you know, ask questions in high school, I probably would have been a little bit more successful growing up. And, you know, who knows, maybe I would be a, a step further along in my career today. Now, flash forward as far as you just mentioned your career, you know, from going from college to uh, your life now out as a professional bowler on the tour. And you had an amazing run here 
recently in the Midwest there and uh, when you're bowling in Oklahoma and then in Wichita for the U.S. Open. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Is there any certain thing that uh, you were working on before? What do you attribute that success to that you just had recently this past month? Yeah, for me, I've always struggled with my mental game, um, making sure that my mind is in the, the right state. And I talked to Del Ballard uh, quite extensively uh, the weeks leading up to it. I didn't throw very many shots on the lanes because physically there's not a whole lot that I need to work on. Lane play-wise, it's all about seeing the ball motion, seeing the right shape. And, you know, I just tried to get my mind in the right, you know, the right mindset. I was just trying to let it happen instead of trying to go out there and make it happen because I feel like there's a fine line between trying hard enough and being competitive and wanting to win versus trying to make it happen, needing to win and, you know, living and dying by every shot. So for Mm -hmm. me, it was, you know, just staying relaxed and calm, even through some of the more difficult times. Um, because for example, the U S open day three of qualifying was maybe the worst day of qualifying that I had had or worst day of bowling in general that I had had in those two weeks. And I credit all of the storm reps, Del Ballard, Mike Devaney, Jim Callahan, Steve Jacobs for keeping me in the right frame of mind. And being able to rebound for day four, five, six, seven of the mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah, that's some great advice for people is you can't let one one day, one game, one anything really let you down. You have to keep going and, and pressing forward. Now talk about those patterns because you, you mentioned mental game and, and your mental game. That's something, the way those patterns and the way they were set up, that it was a different pattern every day that it could have got to some of the competitors' heads. So what, what were you what were you able to do that you'd really just said, I'm just gonna go out and bowl and bowl my you know, bowl my game every day and the patterns are what they are and the sh- the schedule is what it is and that's all I can all I can control is what I do on the lanes. Yeah, for me I not to sound big headed or or overly confident or anything, but I find I feel like my game and me as a person, I am one of the more versatile bowlers on tour, not saying that there aren't people that are more versatile than I am, but I have always succeeded in tournaments like this, where you bowl on multiple patterns. Um, I did it at, at team masters where, you know, we bowled on a short pattern, long pattern. I, I succeeded in, uh, at Parkside lanes here in Aurora, uh, where we bowled on, I think three different patterns. I, I made the ladder there. So I think having past experience on in tournaments like this really benefited me and also having that little bit of confidence knowing that I can bowl on anything. I've trained my body to be able to do something whenever I say it. You know, if I want to roll it on one on one lane and then rotate it on the next, I just have to know that I can do it, <clears throat> excuse me, and then commit to it. And commitment is the big thing, is that people might be able to do it, but if they don't commit to it, that's where they start to struggle and doubt, and that's where people get in trouble. So I think being able to commit to 
doing one thing that day and then being able to say, okay, I'm never going to have to see that pattern again. I don't have to worry about that. That mm-hmm. is going to, you know, now I just focus on day two or day three. That was the main reason why I was able to get rid of all the memories from day three is I was like, I may never even bowl on this pattern again. So, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter that I went 30 under or whatever I did. It, I might never, I might not ever see it again. So it is what mm-hmm. it is. And now I just move on. I think that's something you know, we've had uh, Dr. Dean on uh, several times and, uh, and he's been, uh, you know, real proponent or advocate. And I, I hate to try and put words in his mouth because he has, you know, such a great way of describing and, and walking through stuff as it relates to the mental game. But, um, but I do know he has said, and others have said, you know, you really do have to have uh, kind of a short memory for the, the, the bad stuff that happens and be able to put that behind you and, and just kind of live more in the present. Yeah, absolutely. And I haven't been able to work with Dr. Dean very much, but I have talked to several people that have, like Devin Bidwell, Chris Barnes, uh, I assume Del Ballard has worked with him a little bit, but mm. I used to be, a, you know, what we call a hothead. I was very temperamental in high school, even in college a little bit. And being able to grow and understand that bowling is what I do, not who I am. And it's, yes, how I make my living, but if I'm living and dying by every shot, then I'm never going to make any money because I'm just going to ride the roller coaster and I might have some really high highs, but the that come with that are probably what prevent some people from having great bowling careers. All right, Chris, and my final question is being a, a Roto-Grip staffer, let's talk about what's in your bag and what led to or what helped you. What was your arsenal like when you were bowling uh, in Wichita and then uh, down in Tulsa? Well, in Tulsa, I drilled a couple new balls. Um, one of them was actually older. I drilled a daredevil trick, which I threw on both patterns. Um, it was pretty much the, the, the go-to ball in qualifying. Uh, once the lanes broke down a little bit, I went to a physics, uh, which is one of the newer storm balls, new ASIM. Uh, I threw that on both patterns as well, both the wolf and the bear. And then from there, I went to a high road X on the bear pattern. And I, I never switched out of the physics on the wolf. Um, and then once we got into, uh, like TV shows and, and stuff like that. I, I pretty much threw the physics on both on both patterns uh, almost exclusively. And in uh, Wichita, North Rock Lanes has never been too kind to asymmetric bowling balls. So I threw a Phase Two, a High Road X, and I think that was pretty much it. I, I didn't really throw a, a huge, diverse amount of bowling balls, and I've noticed that as well. Whenever people are bowling really well they're not making a whole lot of decisions they're not you know they just find the ball that matches up and then they keep making it strike so yeah i mean i threw phase two high road x oh the other one was a an intense fire that we had a a pretty specific layout on uh Mm. for day five i believe or day whenever the last day for 
uh, changing balls was. We added that in for the match play. All right. Well, Chris, I want to congratulate you on an outstanding performance. Like I said, the last uh, last few weeks there that you had on tour were just incredible. And I want to wish you the best of luck as it, uh, as it moves forward. I know 2019 is an exciting a year for professional bowling, and I'm sure you are as well for all these uh, opportunities that are going to be coming here soon. And uh, look forward to having you on the uh, show again sometime in the future. All right. Thank you so much.